Welcome back to another edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn, the full Monty. Uh, we got a lot to get into. NBA playoff review and preview. A couple of teams move on to the second round. We'll talk about that. Also, Hawks, they keep it interesting. And also, keep hope alive. Keep hope alive. We'll preview the games coming up tonight. Lakers and Grizzlies, Warriors, Kings. We'll dive deep into the NBA playoff discussion. Also, uh, Steve Sarkeesian making the rounds on his Texas tour. He was in H-Town at the Touchdown Club. Uh, There are a lot of tweets out there about what was said from Steve Sarkeesian. We'll review that coming up next segment. Also give you an update on the Michigan Home and Home series with Texas. Uh, We'll dive and go behind the the burnt orange curtain. Uh, Also, we'll talk Bijan Robinson and the NFL draft. He was making the rounds on NFL Live, on NFL Network. We'll play that audio and we'll respond, especially for you Cowboys fans. This might be hard to digest. We'll get, jump into it, top of the four o'clock and talk all NFL news, notes, and nuggets related to the NFL draft coming up tomorrow. Before we do, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second round pick for the Montreal Expos, but a first round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but decided to forego the 40 and chase his dream and the cheese. Pippin ain't easy, but for him it's a breeze. He is the Mike Hardball Harge. What's going on, brother? Man, I'm here and excited about it. We are less than 24, well, we're probably right around a little bit over 24 hours before the NFL draft. You brought up Bijan Robinson. We're also looking at Roshan Johnson. Who's going to be number two? What are your Texans going to do, Rod Papers? We don't know. But what I do know is we're going to be here to break it all down. He hails from H-Town with the get down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud car carrying member of DBU. Legendary lifetime and now college football Hall of Fame Longhorn Derek Johnson said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study, but he's not a fan of white condiments. But of course, he is a fan of you, the listeners. He is my man and yours, Rod Babels. I appreciate that intro as always. Let's not waste any time introducing the real MVP, the man behind the scenes, one of the hardest working members of the ARN family. He's got a hustler spirit, period. We don't know what he's paid. We do know he's underpaid. Also, he's the uh, the owner of Lou, who's the unofficial mascot of Ball Don't Lie. It's Patrick Davis. How you doing, Patrick? Doing good, doing good. Ready for draft day to get here. Oh, I know. Tired of silly season. I know. It is. I didn't even bring up your – I didn't want to yeah. bring up the Texans to you, Patrick. That's why I went to Rob, because you <laughs> are – Dating from afar, and I didn't want to put you in the middle no, of that. No. That's his ex. He's yep. cyber stalking his yep. ex. Yep. That's what he does. But I you, think I think I think everyone right now is cyber stalking the Texans though, because no one knows what they're gonna do. Mm-hmm. And everyone, if like if you're not the Carolina Panthers, you're really curious what they're gonna do because your team, you need to know what the Texans are gonna do. Uh, no, I'm with you. They are the right now the biggest wild card in the draft. Uh, team-wise, yeah, player-wise, right. player Bijan might be the b- biggest wild card in the draft. Player-wise gives us a ton to talk about, and uh, we do have some Bijan audio that we'll get to coming up in the top of the 4 o'clock. Uh, we don't have Sark audio, but we have quotes from Sark that we'll get to coming up next segment. Talk some uh, Texas football uh, because uh, he's doing, he's, he's doing the, I think they call it the Texas Tour. I'm sure they have a, a, a better name for it that I'm, <laughs> I'm just kind of giving it a makeshift No, name. I like that. That's what we do. Well, yeah, he just, I think he goes to all the different the major cities. 
cities and sometimes some of the other cities and just talks to Texas Longhorn fan groups um, and gives them some inside information. So hopefully uh, we can get some of those nuggets and we'll get those to you. Uh, you can be a part of the show. You're the most important part of it. Specs text line is the best place to do it. 512-337-3776. You also can hit us up via Twitter. Harge is at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. Patrick at It's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. And I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. But first... Uh, before we talk NFL draft and before we get into some uh, Texas football discussion, we got to talk NBA playoffs, gentlemen, because, uh, man, a lot of these series wrapped up. But uh, Trey Young, he wasn't ready to go on vacation just yet. You mean Ice Trey? Ice, <laughs> ice Trey. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's yeah, nice. You want to freezer burn you? You want to give you a little freezer burn hey, right there? man, he was ice cold. Well, he wasn't ice cold, but ice water in his veins, I should say, yeah. for last night. He had 38 points. 16 of those came in the fourth quarter win for the Hawks, 119-117. And Boston still leads the series 3-2. to two. But now I believe Game Six goes back to Atlanta. Yup. So ATL. Dejounte Murray comes back, and, and that's and that's probably the biggest storyline right there. Yep, is that yep. Boston essentially Boston collapsed? The, the, like, in Trey had a great Trey Young had a great game. Ice Trey, as you call him, he had a great game. But the argument can be made that Boston just collapsed. They had a one hundred nine ninety six lead. Yes, with like what seven minutes left uh, against a shorthanded, as Patrick just mentioned, Atlanta team without Dejounte Murray serving, serving at one game suspension and couldn't close out the game. That's the frustrating part, and not only that, this is something that we talked about yesterday with the Philadelphia 76ers being able to close out their their playoff uh, round. They get more rest for Joel Embiid, who was dealing with a knee injury. The more games that they have to play between Boston and Atlanta, the more rest he is allowed to get. And that also puts a lot of pressure on the Boston Celtics because now you got a fresh Joel Embiid. He's got extra days of therapy. He's got extra days of rest. Now he's going to be able to get his opportunity to play. Yeah, you put yourself in the grease now, man. You 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 are going to be playing on a shorter rest than what Philadelphia is doing. Uh, that's a great point. Just looking ahead, uh, here's a great stat for you. Since 2003, teams up 3-1, uh, which Boston was up 3-1 in this series, uh, at home for Game 5 and leading after three quarters, which they were 54-4 were and going into tonight, obviously, going into last night, I should say, and are now 54-5. and They also, teams going back to 2003, were 30-0 when leading by double digits. Uh, in that in that circumstance, and now thirty and one. Yeah. So that was more of a, a Boston collapse uh, than, and it was a clutch play by Ice Tray. Ice Tray, <laughs> uh, sixteen points in the fourth quarter. But Boston, man, Jason Tatum, uh, he had nineteen points. Jalen Brown had thirty five. Uh, but they they got to close, man. Uh, coffee's for closers. Got to be able be, to have it. Always be closing, and that was not the case. They also how they sh- the Celtics were twenty nine and one when shooting forty nine percent this year. Now twenty nine and two because they they shot really well. They shot the ball well. They they were attacking. They got points in the paint. They did every. They scored sixty points in the paint and lost. That's amazing. They scored sixty. Points wow. in the paint and lost. That is unbelievable. That just made the, no sense. That's the craziest stat right there. <laughs> right. 60 points in the paint. And lost yeah. the game. Right. But here's the other part of it, too, when you start looking at how it breaks down, and y'all are going to laugh on another game here in just a little bit, but they were they were 7 of 13 from the free throw line, and Atlanta was 10 of 10. 
difference in the game, free throw shooting and points in the paint. You got an opposite attract mm-hmm. each other mm-hmm. on that end of it right there. Yeah. It was it was crazy because when when I saw that Trey got the ball at half court, I told my son, I said, this is the reason why. And Patrick, you can attest to this. You don't let a shooter dribble up the court to find his rhythm. I said, I said, as soon as he got the ball, I said, he's about to launch this from where he did because that's who his shot is. That's mm-hmm. how he goes down with it. And I said, he's in rhythm. And sure enough, bang. They didn't, that wasn't a guy. He wasn't even close enough to even contest the shot for him. I was like, you know that Trey Young will pull up from anywhere. And, How and are you, you not touching him? And you know Trey Young's going for a three. Exactly. You know he's not trying to drive the hoop. I know you're trying to protect for driving the hoop. You have to trust your backup defense on that place. You have to be able to trust because I, I get 1995 logic would tell you stand at the three-point line, they ain't shooting it from that far back. We are in 2023. you got to guard him, start picking him up at the half-court line. We saw another game last night. They were picking up Devin Booker at the half-court line and being like, we're just going to make your life harder on you yep. than easier. Yep, yep, yep. And they didn't seem to do that to Trey Young. He has another game that, you know, th- this was for me more of Boston just falling apart. That mm-hmm. Oh, they, for sure. Jason yeah. Tatum had a really bad game. Uh, Jalen Brown had a good game, but they did they just didn't really use him as much as they needed to at the end. Dumb fouls, a bad technical call by the refs. All of those things compile up in one that allows the Hawks to win. But, again, this is not the formula for the Hawks to have a long run in the playoffs is bulk shooting. And I get he hit some big shots. And no DeJounte Murray. And so. No DeJounte Murray. But it's like you have to be able to try and you can't shoot under 50% and take 30-plus shots a game and expect to win playoff series that way. Well, the other part of it, too, is the Boston Celtics won every category <laughs> except for free throw shooting, three-point percentage, and – Point. They won every category. They were first. They there's no. If you were blind looking at this <laughs> yeah. without knowing the score, you think Boston blew them out. No, it's one of the most unlikely <laughs> losses in playoff in in playoff play in recent years. Right. It's just a, it was just crazy, and they were at home. It's everything the way it went down. It was unbelievable. And Trey Young. I mean, just give him credit. He actually has been showing up in the fourth quarter of this series. He has scored 60 total points in the fourth quarter of this series versus the Celtics. Uh, that's the most fourth quarter points through five games of playoff series uh, since 2011. So he's been, you know, uh, at this point, I should say, through the playoff series. So he's right. been scoring a lot when they need him in the fourth quarter. Uh, but Patrick's right. He's got to be efficient. And when DeJounte Murray comes back, they'll be at home. And if they can force a game seven, we all know anything can happen. Anything can happen. Yeah. Anything happen Those are two seven. favorite words yeah. in sports. And I think <laughs> Seven. We, yeah, we've right. seen in this series too. Quinn Snyder's a better coach. Yes, and I'll give you, you can that. tell at points Missoula looks overmatched as a coach, where he just doesn't know when to call the timeouts, how to get his team to calm down, how to get him back in the games. He's trying to do the same kind of stuff, but like just how they were even inbounding the ball at the end of that game to get a shot up, and yeah, and it didn't look like it's like man, you don't have a play play. This is for you to move on to the next round. Like you hit, you sink the shot, you you move on. Yeah, and you're kind of just running around, yeah, like with no real rhyme or reason of what you're doing. I, I just it, all that seemed like they didn't know what they were doing, and Quinn Snyder knew how to. Hey, man, I know how to get a win out of out of nothing. Yep, there, we got nothing, and we're gonna get this win. And Missoula knew how to get a loss out of everything, Pretty and it just you can see that and go, man, you bet. You just be careful because Quinn Snyder will 
try and pull another one out in Atlanta, and he knows how to get it. He knows how to work the refs. He knows how to do all these things. You need to come out, and if you're the Celtics players, realize, hey, man, we're just better than them. Let's just go beat them. Yeah, this is, for the for the Celtics, I'm with you. Like, they got to approach this with a sense of urgency, uh, like, really, unlike anything they've had this season so far. They got to kind of treat it like a game seven elimination game. Yeah, every game is. Forget there the is elimination no game mentality. This is no. the forget the fact you were in the finals last year game. Hey, man, throw that out. Doesn't matter anymore. You can't ride on that anymore because this team who has no business being in this series with you no business. has now picked up another win. <laughs> yeah, well, I totally no. agree. Uh, this is the opposite was happening with the Clippers and the Suns. Now, the Clippers, without Kawhi Leonard, without Paul George, so they were basically a shell of themselves pretty much that they were during the regular season. Uh, but, the man, the Suns left no doubt, and Devin Booker, has taken his game to another stratosphere, gentlemen. He's 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 in another universe right now. We were talking about Jimmy Butler yesterday too. He's got some crazy numbers. Devin Booker in this series averaging over 37 points per game, uh, shooting 65% on two pointers, shooting 47% on three pointers, and 80 basically 86% from the line. Just crazy numbers. Yeah. And he scored 47 last night to close out the Clippers. And that put that, them out of their misery. Yeah, later. my son, you know, he last oh. night he was Hey Russ, Russ has shown up. But the thing not, about not it night. is huh? last night well, was not, 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 yeah. throughout the series. Yeah, just, yeah. Yes. yeah just, throughout he, the series. He was not a happy camper and he even said at at points he kept saying, I hope he doesn't shoot the ball right now. <laughs> because he was just going too fast. Everything he was doing his normal speed, a hundred miles an hour, but there were times where he was just over playing and overshooting and just trying to do too much instead of creating for others to be able to knock down. Even at the end of the game when he made that pass to man and it ended up tipping off of his hand and going into the bleachers, he threw a fastball. He threw a fastball like it was real close. Hmm. So it was one of those things where, look, Kawhi Leonard dealing with the injury, you don't have uh, Paul George the entire series you're really limited in the success that you can have just because you need extra pieces when you're playing a team like the Phoenix Suns. When you got Devin Booker knocking it down from every angle and and uh, Kevin Durant's your second leading scorer 31. on the team, and then you got DeAndre Ayton out there doing his thing, Paul George, I mean uh, Chris Paul being the leader that he is, and again you start looking at the coaching. Tyron Lue said it flat out. Hey man, if you don't have two of your best players on the squad, you're done, and they son. got you, and they got what they got over there, you're done, son. You're done, son. <laughs> we were lucky to win a little bit of that. They they did they pushed it because they were yep. it was a blowout at first, and then they oh, they hit some three. They had four four straight threes. Yep. And yeah, they brought it back close, but it was man, Devin Buck. They left no doubt that third quarter. Yes. For the Suns, they yes. scored 50 points in the third quarter. Yeah, yeah. And that Devin Booker, I believe, scored 25 of those. And, and that was a deal. That's in the that, In that fourth yeah. quarter, they they basically tried to ball deny Devin Booker more. And so the rest of the Suns that were open were trying to shoot. They weren't hitting. Mm. And then all, then Monty Williams was like, just get the ball to Devin Booker. Just get him <laughs> the ball. Like, why are we not getting the ball to Kevin Durant and Devin Booker? Just get them the ball and we'll win this game. And when they did that, they were, they pulled it back out again. It's uh, yeah, he's got some cartoonish stats, man. He he had 186 points, uh, 75 assists. So basically, he's responsible for 
Everything. 40, 40, <laughs> yeah, 43% essentially of their total points uh, either scored or assisted on in this series. He has he has more assists than assisted buckets. Got yeah. 30. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, which is actually, yeah, it's kind of freaky too. So. Yeah, he's he's just on another level. Yeah, he's right done. Yeah. He's done a really, really good job of understanding that I have Kevin Durant on my team, so I can go as hard as I can possibly go, and I've got backup. Where before it was Chris Paul, eh, you know he's not that type of scorer, and then you got DeAndre Ayton, who at times mm-hmm. was not engaged with the basketball team. Remember, he was on that Kyler Murray plan. He was always playing video games the entire time and not really dialing in to what it was the expectation as a as a big time player for Phoenix. This is Phoenix's best chance. If they're gonna win a, a championship, this year is their best chance to do so. Yeah, the Suns were actually down at halftime. Yeah. I think down nine at halftime and <laughs> turned that into a seventeen point lead. I mean, they just, when they hit the throttle, they don't have any depth. That's their one flaw. They don't have depth. They don't. So if you can expose that, then that's how you get to the Suns. But, man, their front-line talent is so extraordinary. Oh, my God, it's so deep. It's so deep. Because even CP3, he's been relegated now to the role of Point just guard. being, uh, yeah, well, yeah. yeah, but like a, a tertiary, you know, role yeah. with the team because just be the KD, floor Booker, and he does great in the second half. Forty-eight of his sixty-eight uh, points uh, in the in the first round came in the second half of games, right? Including eleven of his fifteen points in Game Five. That's when the kind of the old man, you know, he feels he feels the game out. He's mm-hmm. feeling okay. So what do I need? What? How can I contribute to the team? And he's doing a really good job in the second half. So I. Yeah, the, the Suns, they're going to be hard to beat, and that's going to be a great series because they're advancing. So are the Denver Nuggets. I will say one thing real quick okay. about the Clippers and Russell Westbrook is I think he has actually might have found a home for the next few years of his career oh. in L.A. He fits well with a team that is going to not have its starters and stars be probably at 20 to 25 games a year. Right. Where they go, hey, man, we just need somebody else who 20 to 25 games a year gives us a chance to win a game with his effort and his intensity – when we're not playing, and we got some young guys, but if we can get Russell Westbrook, who can come in in those twenty twenty five games that Paul George and or Kawhi or one of those guys out, we need someone to put the effort in, and the fans really love him because they have a team that never has its stars seem to want to play and load management and everything else. That these L A Clippers fans are like, we just like a guy who wants to be here. Yeah, he seems to want to be on the court every time. He does. So we love that he's like he's the one going for every rebound when Kawhi's running back out the court. And he's like they just they love him for that. Yep. Which I get. So you're like this may be a good fit for him where he doesn't have to be an MVP every day, but he'll get his little runs throughout the season. Where hey man, you mm-hmm. get to have a few good games. You get to have some more fun. You, you're in L A where you wanted to be anyway. You just you thought it was going to be the Lakers, but it's going to be the Clippers. I think he may have found a place where he can fit for the next few years and, and be able to still do what he does and it not be a detriment to a team, but it actually a positive. I agree, actually. I agree 100%. And yeah, it seemed unlikely, but right. uh, it ended up fitting. And yeah, the, the NBA's big issue, just availability. Just 
stars being available to play, even no. in the playoffs now. And I know that's just more coincidence, load management during the regular season. Uh, but, yeah, he, nobody denies that Russell Westbrook wants to be on the court and wants to play hard. He wants to play hard. Even, play. If, even if it's actually at a, it puts his team at a disadvantage. Yeah, at the playing. detriment of his team, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. he going to give you effort. He, he will play 48 minutes a game, 82 games a year if he could. Yes, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah, and you know what? That's... And that is why me as a as a parent, and I look at people who show up for work every day. Mm-hmm. That would be my motivation. That's why I appreciate the fact of what my son believes in Russell Westbrook for. But even then, he's getting older now, and he's realizing that he's got way too many jerseys of different teams, and he's like. But he plays hard. I always get to understand that. He's going to give me everything. It's like Jimmy Butler. If you're a Jimmy Butler fan, you got a lot of jerseys too. Yeah, you got <laughs> Jimmy Buckets. Jimmy Buckets Jimmy like Buck to move around. Uh, I'll say this about Russell Westbrook. Uh, he has 550 points basically from 25,000 regular se- points uh, from the regular season. Um, and like you include the playoffs and everything. That'd make him the 28th player to reach that in the regular season. Uh, 29th. They said Harden actually is going to be close to that too. He also has he also 820 assists shy uh, of 10,000. Mm-hmm. So maybe within a couple of seasons, if he's playing with the right team, as Patrick said, and he plays a lot, um, man, he could be really high up in the record books. If he if Russ can reach both of those milestones, he'll become the second player in NBA history to reach 25,000 points and 10,000 assists. Yeah, and when you saw Kawhi's knee, they said it's a torn meniscus. Is yeah. what came out today is why he was out for those last couple games, and that's why he got shut down. Well, he's got time to go get surgery. He's got time to get try and get it fixed. But that experiment, it's just it's it, not it's working. Not, and it's it, the problem is you have to sign him because he's the, one of the best players in the NBA. And if he wants to come to your franchise, you can't be like, "Nah, I'll pass, go somewhere else." No. However, you have to hope that the injuries work out in your favor, and they just haven't. It doesn't seem like they're going to. You knew that was going to be somewhat of a problem with Paul George too, but I think that is it's you know if the game plan is now. If you're able to bring Russell Westbrook back, depending on if he's willing to take the the pay cut he's going to have to take to stay there, if he's willing to be there, then you know you have a guy that you know will try and fill that hole for the times when those guys are out and can be a fan favorite in L.A. That you have to figure out when with all three of them on the court, but they seem to be okay on the court when together. They play, yeah. So it seemed like everything seemed to work out that way. So, I, I mean, I, I think that that's probably the best shot for him, that if he tries to go somewhere else, I, I don't know if it works out. A lot of these places don't necessarily like it as much. You have to figure out what to do with Bones Highland. Cause, that's yeah. another guy. He's like, get him off the team. Why is he shooting so much? He is the next Russell Westbrook. He's, but but in not a very, good. Exactly, not but not good. never going to be an MVP. Bizarro Westbrook. Exactly. That's fair. <laughs> Bizarro Westbrook. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, the Denver Nuggets also move on, gentlemen. One twelve, one hundred nine win over uh, Minnesota. Man, then with Jamal Murray, just a monster game: thirty five points, four rebounds, five assists. So overdue for him, and and you start looking at it, you start thinking about what you see with the Joker and how those pieces. Remember, last year he was the missing piece for this basketball team because he was out for the entire playoffs and season. And you remember halfway through the um, the season this year, Coach Malone was challenging his team a lot because he kept saying, this is not a championship team. They play too soft. We're a very soft basketball team at wow. this point. Like he used he, the word soft? Yes, multiple wow. times. Yeah. He said, this is not a team that can go out there and compete for the playoffs and try to be in the championships. 
But you look at who they are and those big pieces, the valuable part about it is the Joker. He goes out there and he plays, and he is not the most flashy guy, but he's very consistent. He made a shot at the end of the game. And here's the other part. The the over-under yesterday was 221 and a half. Wow. He missed a free throw. Mm-hmm. And then they had the three-point shot at the end of the game to try to tie it to go into overtime by Anthony Edwards. How do they know? Exactly. How and I'm, do they know? And I took the over. <laughs> <laughs> and your boy took the over. Did he run, oh, run in the tunnel like Anthony Edwards? I was just sitting there going, <laughs> I, wear, I was like, can you please just make one freak up, free throw, Joker? That's brutal. Can you make one free throw? And that's what he did. He made one. He missed the first one, but he made the second one. Mm, Unbelievable! That's why they build. They're building newer casinos. Every, yes, uh, yeah, yeah, all the time, every year, newer casinos <laughs> exactly. going up. That is why I don't know how they know. That exactly. is crazy. Yeah, Joker had a twenty-eight point uh, triple double. All right, we come back. We got to talk about uh, Steve Sarkeesian. He is uh, making the rounds. He's in H Town at the Touchdown Club, or at least he was, and he spoke to a lot of Longhorn fans. So we do have some quotes that we'll read and uh, kind of uh, analyze what Sark is talking about. Uh, a lot of hype before this season for the Texas football team. Also, update on the Michigan home series, and we also uh, get into some other uh, Texas football conversation. We'll go behind the burnt orange curtain right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful on the horn. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. That's when Patrick takes songs uh, from a soundtrack of a movie that inspired him um, based on those selections here that, that are played for Harge and I. And we're supposed to gather clues and hints that lead us to the featured film of midweek movie music. And, oh man, turn it up a little bit. Let me get a little bit more there. Okay. And this right. Superfly. I mean, this. No, I'm talking about the song. The song, right? no, the song is from the movie Superfly, but it is also in this other movie. Okay. Is it Shaft? No. Mm. Okay. The, the only one, only one I can say right now would be Friday because this is the. Huh? Which will say CB blew up my spot this morning. That's good because he put it out. So hard just guessing, not knowing this song is in Friday. No, but I do. Of course, it's I, Friday. It's, it's an opening scene. <laughs> it, it's a very early scene. But yeah, I was going to say it's an it's opening not, it's not scene. Yeah. Yeah. And it, today is Friday. CB blew up my spot today. Uh, posting uh, that it was Friday. Uh, so and it's the anniversary of Friday coming out. So today is Friday. Beautiful. But this right, is like one that. of the very first scenes in the movie where he's he's with his uh his dad. He's with his dad, and they, his dad yeah. was coming in. Yeah, yeah. He's now passed away, right? You know John, yeah, Witherspoon is yeah. passed away. Bang, bang. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Why, well, every time I'm in the kitchen, you in the kitchen. Uh, you know the yeah. old molds. No, that was... Uh, the pig feet. That was for... for 
for Ice Cube, uh, just to, I mean, that was like, I don't know, if, I'm sure he acted before that in some stuff, but for him as like a, an actor, that was a huge move because that, that, like, that became iconic. Yes, became it did. like a, a cult classic. It's a cult, yeah, it was a cult uh, following. Like a cult right classic. There. And, and yeah, man, Ice Cube now, for some people, they don't know him less as a rapper. And more and as, a, and as, as an, actor. an actor. It's like Ice T, too. Detective Tutuola. Yeah. <laughs> as, as he is known uh, on uh, SVU. All yep. right, let's get to some uh, Sark quotes here. Shout out to Anwar Richardson. That's why I got a couple of these. Uh, Anwar Richardson of, of Orange Blood. So uh, shout out to him if you want to go check it out via Twitter. So we'll just kind of go through these rapid fire. Let me know if some, if some of this interests you guys, if you want to comment on it. Uh, he, he said that uh, Steve Sarkeesian was asked about Arch Manning and he said Arch Manning doesn't have an NIO, NIO, he doesn't have an NIO deal yet. I think that's cool. He says, uh, Sarkeesian said Arch, Archie Manning's and the family stance is Arch can't have an NIL deal until he becomes a college starter. Wow. I'm, I'm, hey. I like that. I, 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 but see, everybody ain't wow. royalty. You know what I'm saying? That's it. They won't a lot of it. people can't afford hey. those luxuries. Yeah. No, it's a good point. But uh, good for them. Uh, you got to earn it. Gotta yeah. Earn that NIL deal. Uh, when he was asked about. The starting quarterback job, he just said Quinn Ewers is the starting quarterback, barring something crazy happening, whatever it may be. Nothing I crazy think we happen. all knew that. Yeah. Uh, he also said here from, from my man, Andrew Richardson, Steve Sarkisian said Anthony Hill, the freshman linebacker, is going to be a star. Um, told the touchdown club, guy's going to be a star. I think we saw that in the spring game. We saw that, that easy obvious. movement that he had out there, right? Especially when they put him on the edge. Yeah. Man, he's, yeah. He can play early on the edge and until he becomes obviously a you know a great all-around player at this level, but I don't that may not take him long either. Uh, he does have all the raw material to be a great player. Um, he also said that Malik Murphy, he's not surprised Malik Murphy never entered the transfer portal said uh, that they have a great culture and praised Murphy for being patient and playing behind a quarterback uh, in high school and said Murphy is a great young man and awesome teammate. We, You were out when we got into this. We played some audio of Josh Pate from yep, – yep. Uh, yeah, Josh played from, I believe he's 24 in 24-7 sports. sports. Yeah. And we played another cut from, I believe, I believe uh, Ken Simonton, maybe is his name, okay. um, from On3. Different organizations, obviously. Both of them, after watching the spring game in their analysis of the spring game, they both brought up Malik Murphy and hinted that Malik Murphy would be a, a starter at other programs and would be a quarterback that other programs around the country, big-time programs, could build around. Agree. And I think, we all think, I think we all think that as well, just from what we saw. Now, as, as harsh as I cover the quarterback position and some of the things that I see, I think for him, yes, this is something we've been wanting to see. This is something that we were looking for and him getting his opportunity to go out there and play. But until you get into a live situation, you don't know how he's going to react. Do I believe that this young man has the ability to do so? Absolutely. Are there some times in that that spring game where you can see the upside in somebody? Absolutely. But there's still a lot that happens and transpires in a, in a real game as opposed to a spring game where – you can look a certain type of way. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because I, you know, I, he's been said, they've said that he's got the strongest arm on the team. We saw a little bit of it. I, I think there are <laughs> several motivations behind him 
you know, staying here at Texas. Obviously, Steve Sarkeesian being considered a quarterback guru. He's got a nice resume of quarterbacks that he's put into the NFL that are playing right now. Mm-hmm. That's part of it. Uh, also, uh, let's be honest. I mean, we've talked about it. Texas, even going back to, what, 1999, when I first came on the 40 Acres, you go all the way back then, there only been six seasons where Texas hasn't u- utilized a backup quarterback for either injury, knock on wood, or for performance. Yep. So there's a good chance that Malik Murphy's going to get it, get a shot this mm-hmm. season for one reason or another. And just throw it out there, just keep it real. And if keeping it real was a crime, I'd probably already be in jail. But he probably <laughs> is looking, he's probably at practice watching and saying, man, I think I can do better than Quinn. And you should. I think, Quinn, I think Quinn's, he's like, I think Quinn, I, I'm just saying in his head, maybe, that he's thinking to himself, hey, Quinn's great, but I think I'm a little, I think I'm just as good. If mm-hmm. not better, and I ain't even been playing. That's the. And that, he's like, if I, he he believes if Quinn has bad games or a bad couple of games on the backup, I might get the job, and I might never relinquish it. And that's what you want. <laughs> that, I mean, real talk yeah, as a competitor, yeah. that's what you're looking that, at. He should be. If he ain't thinking I, if like he's that, he's not thinking like that. He might need to go. He ain't got in that in dog there. in him. He might need to go over there and try to holler at Dion because yeah, well, they'll, <laughs> they'll let you know. Yeah. But yeah, I'm with you on that. That's that's my thought process too. That's what it should be. But in reality, again, I am in the corner of the backup quarterback is so important, is just as important as the starting quarterback. I've said it from day one, and I've said it all throughout my career. You have to have a great backup quarterback so things don't get derailed. Any hopes and dreams that you might have rest not only with the starting quarterback, but with your backup quarterback. You've given the stats about how many people in the Big 12 Conference, just in the Big 12. Just one. We're not even talking about the rest of the country because we've seen it all over the place. Mm-hmm. Only one Big 12 quarterback made it through the entire season as the starter, where he didn't miss any starts. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is amazing. That's why it's important to have that backup. So I look at what Malik Murphy, I need you to have that kind of energy. I need you to believe that that job is yours, and I need you to believe if you get it, I'm not relinquishing it. I'm going to play so damn good. They're going to be forced to keep me in. Exactly, and if they don't, they're going to have to create some plays for me. No. A couple series. They keep me in. Right. It's going to be like, we can't take a guy out who's balling right now like one of the best quarterbacks in the country because that's what I would be if I get that job. Holla. (laughs) Holla. Like you said, that's the energy we need. That's the energy we need. Um, I like that. All right, Steve Sarkeesian also said they don't really have, he doesn't necessarily believe they have a roster need at this time uh, that makes it urgent for them to pursue in the training transfer portal. Um, he said he feels comfortable with the team. He also uh, mentioned that the, the expectations are high. Uh, mm-hmm. The quote here from Anwar Richardson's Texas football coach, Steve Sarkeesian, said they have to make this year's expectations become a reality. Um, Texas football coach Steve Sarkeesian said the coaches feel confident about the team they have, said they have a lot in place uh, to have a good season. They just have to do it. Um, I think it's more than just they have to do it. This is this is a no excuses tour. It's got to be that. This is double digit win season. If he wins double digit games, I don't think Longhorn fans should complain about the season being a disappointment. Now I know a lot of Longhorn fans say you got to get to the Big Twelve title game. Someone's saying you got to win the game. Mm-hmm. I just think at this point in your tenure, double digit wins is probably where you should be. And if they don't get double digit wins, I don't know if you're going to make it to 
the title game yeah. in any way. Yep. Now, you might, Big 12 might just be cannibalize each other and eat each other alive. We've said that before with baseball. We're seeing it now. Exactly. Yep. But um, I, I think Texas, listen, I, I went and did some research, and we'll do some more uh, kind of deep diving about the college football season coming up. But there are 133 teams, all right, in the FBS. 28 of them, only 28 of them returned the head coach, the OC, DC, and the, and the quarterback from last season. Wow. Texas is one of them. Hello. Texas will play um, six teams that also return those uh, four things, head coach, quarterback, OC, and D.C., uh, Wyoming, Tech, Rice, Oklahoma, Kansas State, and Kansas. Oh wow! I also thought, I thought, I thought BYU would have had their people back too. But no, for yeah, yeah. yeah I, I got to go do go this, no, do the no, deep dive and find out exactly what what's changed there. But they are not one of them. But you're right; they always have a lot of stability there. Yeah. And there are five teams that Texas is going to play with a new OC on the schedule. Mm. Bama's going to have a new OC: O'Brien to Tommy Reese, U of H, because Dana Hogerson, I think, is calling the plays now. Uh, from Shannon Dawson, uh, Iowa State. They went from Tom Manning to. I forget how to – I can't pronounce this guy's name. It's Nate Skilos. I'm sure I messed that up. I apologize. TCU Garrett Riley to Kendall Browse, and then Graham Harrell to Chad Scott with West Virginia. Yeah. So that, to me, favors Texas because Texas has more stability than those programs are going to face. At almost every position. Yeah, so yeah. expectations should be high for Steve Sarkeesian. How about this? Mattress Mac uh, was there because Mattress Mac is a big Longhorn fan, um, but also big H-Town representative. And uh, apparently, Joe Cook tweeted this out at Joseph Cook eighty nine. Um, uh, apparently, mattress Max question: What's the over under on UT wins next year? Coach Sark, you tell me. <laughs> Everybody, I'm knows. sure you know. You know he knows. <laughs> oh, he knows. No question about it. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's uh, so we, we'll get to some more kind of uh, just kind of random quotes because my man uh, Joe Cook has uh, some cu- a couple of good quotes as well that we'll get into that weren't quite the same as Anwar Richardson's quote. So we'll get to that coming up a little bit later on. Um, I did see, uh, and we'll get into this too. Uh, the Michigan. Home and home series yep. has now been switched. And Sark actually was asked about playing these blue bloods in the non-conference schedule too, and he says he likes it. Right. But that it's really good for recruiting uh, and it's really good for college football overall because he always talks about how he's a huge college football fan and he you know loves those uh, the pageantry and really the the, the the non-conference schedules between those schools who usually you'll never see those matchups unless you're in a bowl game right. or unless you know you're in some type of you know obviously college college football playoff game uh, but Texas and Michigan, there's an update. So they have mutually agreed to flip the location for the home-and-home series scheduled for 2024 and 2027. So instead of the Wolverines traveling to Austin next year, uh, the two programs will face off in Ann Arbor at Michigan Stadium with Texas then hosting Michigan at DKR uh, in 2027. I like it. I like it. I mean, they got you know they got matchups coming up versus Bama and Georgia yeah. and Ohio State's on that schedule Love later it. on too. It is. It's going to be really sexy. And of course, you go to the SEC and then you'll have the the gauntlet that is the SEC. Well, remember too, back in the day, you think about the off season. I mean, the um, home schedule. A lot of people weren't ever really excited about season tickets because the home schedule wasn't that favorable. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like, oh, this best team is coming in. 
Now it's like, oh, we get to play them. We get to play them. Now you get this. You're going to have this. And the move to the SEC also increases the interest of the home games a lot more than before. Yeah. Uh, that's yes, I agree with that 100%. Um, uh, there's a some interesting quotes though from Joe Cook on here. Apparently, somebody from the touchdown club asked Sark, uh, How much did Arch cost y'all? Sark right. said zero, exactly. That's what it's supposed to be. Said it was zero. Family ain't letting him give up no money, right <laughs> there. They, he ain't earned it. And no, and no NIL deal. We yep. know from the yep. uh, uh, Andrew Richardson uh, quotes that no NIL deal until. He becomes a college starter. Get on the field, man. Uh, so I, yeah, I mean, yeah, like you said, he doesn't need it. He doesn't need it. I mean, <laughs> they come. That's royalty. Yeah, he floated in here. He he did. No, he question. didn't come in like your boy though. He didn't come <laughs> in like Sims in the limo. He didn't come in the limo. Yeah, that probably wasn't the best optics for Sam to roll in in limo. Yeah. Uh, okay. So Gary Patterson was on with Colin Cowherd earlier yep. this week. And he actually was asked about Texas. We're talking about Texas and we're talking about the upcoming season, all the expectations. Um, Here is Gary Patterson being asked about Texas' upcoming season. Remember, he was recently the uh, special assistant to the head coach, and now he's taking some personal time. And even listening to this, it sounds like he's going to be back coaching. Maybe not at Texas, maybe at Texas. He's going to be back coaching pretty soon. But here's Gary Patterson, and he actually is selling some uh, burnt orange Kool-Aid. Here it is. RG3 did the spring game on TV for Texas. He said he thinks they can compete for the title. Can they? Do you believe they have the personnel? Well, I think with the freshmen coming in, I think the biggest thing competing for a title is going to have to be is depth. You know, I think if they can stay healthy, I think that Alabama game is going to be a big game just because of perception yes. of, of playing well, either winning or playing them close. Because uh, I watched Alabama later in the year play against Kansas State, which we played in, in the bowl game. So I think that's really important. But I think that they have they have an opportunity because they started three freshman offensive linemen yes, last year. Yeah, all those grow up. They've added some really good skill players. Uh, they lost some running backs, but they've they've got some good young running backs. And I think their wide receiver core and the quarterback. It's still like anything else. It comes down to uh, ears the quarterback making a difference at Texas uh, because if you're going to win a national championship, it's really going to come down to the quarterback play. Yeah. And playing good defense, so uh, and they get we got better on defense last year, and I think they'll play the same or better this year. All right, I'm sure y'all noticed some wheeze in there. Yeah, a couple you know, wheeze in there. You still so got a little wee in there. No, that's good. I, I, I yeah. want more wee. I hope he wants to come back to Texas. So I hope he's talking about we, as in how we are going to get better next year. So I like that. But don't forget uh, his wife is an alum. Uh, his wife is also a <laughs> lifetime Longhorn as well. Uh-huh. So it does seem like uh, everybody's really high on Texas, and of course, based on some of the comments from the Houston Touchdown Club, um, Sark really high on his team. Also, Sark mentioned based on the uh, Joe Cook uh, tweets here that uh, he will be Sark will be at the draft with Bijan. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, he needs to go represent. It's been I a long mean, time. Yeah, you got an opportunity now. A long time, to Have man. somebody representing this university mm-hmm. that's going to get a, 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 a big opportunity. Yeah, you need to be out there because that's a great selling point. And there's going to be more Texas Longhorns that will be drafted throughout the weekend. So it's going to be a big move for them. Um, Another quote from Joe Cook, uh, just the – Obviously, some of the comments from Sark at the Houston Touchdown Club. He says, Steve Sarkeesian says that the morning Arch Manning committed to Texas. He got a text from Cooper Manning. Cooper told Sark, 
If there's a message to tell the other recruits you are recruiting, it's that Arch Manning is coming to Texas because he loves the University of Texas. He loves the coaches and he loves the program. It's not about NIL. He's taking zero money. Talk on it. Speak on it. That's right. good. Okay. He's trying yeah, to look out for Sark. You yeah, know what I'm that's uh, that's interesting. Taking zero money. Let you um, know that off rip. Uh, all right, there you go. All right, so uh, some updates on what Sark had to say at the Houston Touchdown Club. He's making the rounds on the Texas tour. Uh, we'll talk some more Texas football coming up later on the show. In the 6 o'clock, we come back. We got your flex on the other side right here on Ball Don't Lie. One of four, nine, the horn. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie. Uh, my man Patrick takes songs from a soundtrack of a movie that inspired him or was relevant for some reason or another uh, and plays those songs for us. Um, and based on the selections that are played, Harge and I are supposed to gather clues and hints that lead us to the featured film of midweek movie music. Harge got it uh, with the first selection today. He said uh, Friday. I think the first you mentioned was, what did you say, like Superfly or something? Well, I asked him if the song was Superfly. Superfly. Okay, yeah. And, and he's th- like, yeah, it is Superfly, but it wasn't in this movie Superfly. Yeah. And I was like, hey, man, I got you, dog. Uh, but all right, <laughs> got it. It is Friday, the iconic cult classic Friday. Um, so uh, my man Patrick will be playing jams from Friday. You can um, respond and have your questions, comments on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. We always appreciate your participation. But now it's time for the Flex. Go to flxatx.com, flxatx on all of your social media platforms. Uh, you can go there and go check out some of the old Wednesday Night Flex. And speaking of the Flex, uh, I'm assuming, do we get our Flex tonight? Do we get a Flex? Yes. Whew. I don't ever know. <laughs> yeah, that's I true. Probably should, I probably should ask Patrick that yeah, before yeah, the show yeah, or yeah. in the break. I always put him on the spot there. But, yes, we will have a Wednesday Night Flex. You can go check out the old Wednesday Night Flex shows, the older ones, um, in the uh, at the flxatx.com website. You can go check those out. But tonight um, we'll give you an update on exactly what to expect from the Wednesday Night Flex later on on and what's on tap. Um, but tonight you'll get your Wednesday Night Flex with the crew. Um, and they're deep, too. I mean, they get deeper every time I see them. So, yep, yep. Um, so uh, check that out at flxatx.com, flxatx on all of your social media platforms. And we also know that baseball season is coming to an end, as is softball. Softball playoffs begin next week. Baseball playoffs, they're, they're all wrapping up this week, and we'll know a lot more as that starts to pick up as well. There's been a lot of good baseball, a lot of extra inning games across the, the area. And we'll find out more here leading into the weekend as playoffs start for all of the districts starting next week. 
All right, there you go. A little flex update for you. Like I said, tonight you'll get your extended uh, flex with the Wednesday night flex and the crew. Uh, all right, we'll come back. We'll get into the NFL. We'll talk NFL draft. Bijan Robinson specifically, he made the rounds, went on NFL Live, NFL Network. We'll play that audio. If you're a Cowboys fan, this may be tough for you to stomach. And we it have. Does. Yes, and we have a Cowboys fan right here, my man Harge. We'll uh, get his thoughts about what he hears and what uh, Bijan had to say about his draft process so far and also we'll talk about the texans could the texans be tanking again all of that and more right here on ball don't lie on the horn